Hey there, guys. It's Will Bowman with The Art of the Interview. How's it going, guys? Are you having a good night? I hope you are. Um, I'm glad you decided to tune into this episode. Um, and I gotta say, there is nothing worse than getting all settled in for a recording of a podcast and you're all cuddled up in, in your blanket you get your cup of tea sitting to your right, and then you realize that you've left your to-do list slash podcast notes all the way downstairs. <sighs> it is the worst. So, but now we are successfully here. We have tea, we have the notes. And we have me, and we have you guys. So, we have everything that we need for a successful Art of the Interview episode. So, in this episode, I am going to be reviewing an interview that I did just the other day. And um, it's another of the series of interviews that I'm doing as a part of a marketing project for a local nonprofit that I'm connected with here in town. And I've been interviewing different members of the community that are related to the organization, in particular pastors um, that are uh, volunteering their time and they've invited the organization and as a partner to partner with their church. And um, like I said in a previous episode, marketing interviews are a little bit more difficult sometimes because in some ways you're going in with a purpose. You're going in to market a particular service or client or, um, you know, you, you kind of, there's an outcome that you're looking for, which is okay. Um, but sometimes it's difficult to orient yourself towards interviews and towards marketing materials so that it comes across as sincere rather than just salesy. Um, because you, you really don't want you really don't want people sitting across from you telling you all the things that they think that the people who are going to be listening to the interview want to hear. That's a quick way to get a really insincere interview. So you've got to kind of frame how you go into the interview a little bit differently, um, and you've got to really focus on digging into the people um, and finding out what they genuinely have to say and bring to the interview, um, rather than you know just having them tell you what they want to hear or what you want they think you want to hear or what the audience wants to hear, right? And that's not always easy, and sometimes it works better than others. But I will say today, this particular interview went extremely well. And I'm going to talk about some of the things that I did well and the few minor things that um, I could have done better. So this interview was with one of the pastors who has volunteered to have Far as a partner for his church. And we were talking to him um, so to set up a little bit of background, what I did before the interview. So I did a pre-interview with this individual. This individual was actually my pastor. So I had a little bit of rapport with him before the actual, even the, the pre-interview. We've had coffee a couple times and talked marketing, and he's a marketing guy and branding guy. And so we, we connect a little bit. But um, before the interview, we, we went out and we got coffee and we had a pre-interview. And during that pre-interview process, I actually really learned the direction I wanted to take the interview. 
um, it kind of came up that, um, you know, he had a very particular passion and a story, a very powerful story um, that related to the product that we're marketing. And, um, you know, that came up in the pre-interview. And if we had just had a conversation that, you know, if I had just interviewed him right off the bat without having that pre-conversation, um, I'm almost sure that that would not have been the case. Um, it would not have been, I would not have discovered that. And if I had, I wouldn't have had nearly as much time to actually focus on it as I did with him um, today because we discovered it before the actual interview. It turned out really well. So I did a pre-interview um, with him. Um, I There were very few questions that I actually wrote. Um, I really didn't lean very heavily on preconceived questions for this interview, largely because his story was so powerful. There were actually only three questions on the list that I gave him, and they were pretty much all related to this story that he told me about um, his before and after transformation that related to him connecting with this particular organization. Um, so... A couple of the things that I did really well was that doing that pre-interview really saved us some time and allowed us to really dig into the important stuff during the interview, and that turned out really well. Um, one of the other better things that I did is right when I got into the interview, I took and I put the questions under my chair, and I didn't look at them till almost the end of the interview. Instead of trying to just read the questions off, instead, I instinctively relied on my knowledge of what needed to be asked and I was in presence in the moment and I kind of allowed the interview to carry me rather than sticking to my questions list. I had them there so at the end I want I checked back on and was like hey did we forget anything? Um, was there anything that we missed? And there were, wasn't anything actually. Um, but uh, I, I, I put them under my chair and I didn't rely on them for this particular interview because I knew that there is my instincts would take me where I wanted to in this interview. Um, I also did a very good job of setting up the container. Um, uh, when I came in, I felt very confident and in control of the interview, and I sort of exerted myself. I was very um, straightforward with setting the framing of this is what was going to happen, this is what I need you to do, um, you know, we're going to be able to edit this, so if you at any point need to think about something, feel free to just pause. You know, I was very, I felt like, he felt like I was in control and he was able to open up because of that. So, um, and then um, the other thing I was I was going to mention is, as always, I always buy my interviewee their favorite coffee drink um, before the interview. So right when they show up on set, I hand that to them and, you know, I always get something for myself so I don't feel too bad. <laughs> I'd probably feel a little bit bad if they, if I just got it for them. Um, so I always get myself a cup of coffee too, you know, not purely, you know, purely selfish motivation, certainly not a selfless thing. I enjoy coffee. <laughs> Um, but I think that the thing, the things that were really important in this interview that I, I really want to communicate is that you are in control of the interview. You have power over the interview. You are the captain of this ship. You are sailing it, and they will open up in the context that they feel or not the context, in the degree to which they feel you have it under control. And that was something I really did very well in this interview. Um, and uh, also, um, you know, and, and it showed. And the other thing was, is um, 
I really went intuitively on this interview. I knew that the story was there. I knew the direction I wanted to take it. And so instead, I really focused on just being present, expanding myself, holding that container, and it it really worked well. And a lot of the sound bites that I got were highly emotionally charged and passionate and really from a deep place um, uh, from this person's um, lived experience in a lot of ways. So um, if I could say there wasn't a lot that I felt like I could have improved, um, I, I would say maybe being a little bit more intuitive and being, again, not afraid to follow some of the the more um, the moments where I feel like there's some really charged emotion in there. Um, but one thing that I, I, I always recommend to people if you're doing a video interview, um, and I can't do this realistically right now with the way that my business is, but I'd love to be able to do it, is have somebody else operate the camera um, while you're doing the interview. Because here's the thing. When you check on the camera, there's, well, okay, so two things. One, when you're focusing both on the equipment and on the interview, your mind is only half present in the interview, right? My camera has a setting to where after 25 minutes, it'll automatically stop recording. So I have to constantly have a tiny little part of my brain outside of what the person is saying and what they're feeling and what I'm feeling and what I'm experiencing to where I'm thinking about, okay, where is the camera at? Do I need to go check it? You know, and then this particular interview, the camera was out of sight. And so I needed to consistently checking it for battery and, you know, so it just takes your brain off of it, right? And when you look away to go and check on the camera, it also is a small hole in the container, right? It's a hole in the container where you're not present. You are focused on something other than the person. And even though they're, I'm sure they're very gracious, as Jeff, Jeff was very gracious today, it does undermine the container a little bit because they know subconsciously, hey, this person's not 100% invested in what I'm saying. So there's just going to be a little bit of a, a little more hesitancy, a little bit more defensiveness um, that wouldn't otherwise be there if you had somebody to operate the camera. I'm not saying you have to. It's just helpful. It's one of those things if you have the opportunity to have a separate camera operator, it just gives you that much more opportunity to really be present in the experience. So... Someday I'd really love to be able to get to the place where I can do that, where I have someone who's dedicated to just running camera for me while I'm interviewing. Not there yet, not in this particular part of my life and business, um, but someday um, I hope to be there. So, all right, guys. Um, so lessons from this interview, um, both things that I did well and things that I didn't, you know, always, always, always take control of the interview. You're in control. You've got this knock it out of the park, lead them where you want them. Don't control them, but set that container up, dial it in, tie it tight, and make sure that you're present with them and holding the space for them to give you the trust-filled and intimate uh, answers that you want um, You want them to give, right? And um, do the legwork up front. Set the container. Do the pre-interview. Do the research. Get them a cup of coffee. Dote on them a little bit, you know? buy him something, do something to just like set that trust. Start before the interview. Don't wait until you're sitting across from them to start building that container because that is valuable time that is valuable uh, you know, interview time that could have been spent with a tighter container than if you just, you know, start, you know, when you actually sit down to do the interview. Don't wait to start. Do things beforehand that 
create that container and it will pay off during the interview um, in the answers that they give you. All right, guys, this has been the art of the interview, and we'll see you next time. Um, Peace out.